And welcome to another episode of Two Medics and One Mic. Hello and welcome to the Two Medics. I'm your host. Imran. <laughs> I'm not Imran. I am not Imran. I am not Therisha. It's me, Omolara. <laughs> no, it's me, Lara from The Colour Prescription. And I am joined by... Hello, hello, hello. It's Yasmin here. Your friendly neighbourhood, glittery, rainbowy gum doctor. Hello. I know that you can't see this, but our lovely Lara is wearing beautiful, anatomically correct clitori. Clitori? Clitori then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah clitori. Upon the ear. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm feeling almost lacking as a person because I don't own them. Should we explain that we aren't obviously Imran or Therusha and that we have been kindly given the reins slash allowed to babysit the child, the offspring of two of our favourite uh, Twitter medics. And for that, yeah. we are very, very grateful. Exceedingly so, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a hot mess the last time I came on here and I'm going to be a hot mess again. Oh yeah, and last time I had lots of white wine. This time, midweek, so, and not an annual leave. So, <laughs> probably shouldn't have said no that. No comment, Your Honour. <laughs> <laughs> was not in charge of patients. Anyway, on to being on call. <laughs> but I did have, so caveats i went to a board game before this um because i was meeting up with a friend that i haven't seen in ages absolutely love her and partner um we went to a board game cafe and i had an amazing veggie pizza um that had these like little spicy sweet peppers on it and it was oh, the little raquito ones beautiful shout out yes. to that place maybe if we mention it they'll give us they'll give Theresa and imran sponsorship we won't they have excellent veggie and vegan food which segues us beautifully beautifully to our first topic (laughs) so we are talking about the accusation of being boring because you are a vegetarian um so this was brought up by shivani lovely shivani who was picking up uh was having a piece of pizza from what so i i I do miss a communal a a communal pizza lunch but either way she was going to pick up a slice of pizza and wanted to know which one was the vegetarian one and some rude staff member told her that she was boring for being vegetarian and uh we're not too happy about that what are your thoughts on that I'm sorry, is it boring that I don't want bland chicken and underspiced chorizo on my pizza? We're going straight there, straight there. (laughs) Lack of seasoning. That's right. You put two black girls in charge of a podcast and we're going to go straight to bland meat. Barely two minutes in, we're already accusing you of taking over a third of the known world and yet, cumin who? Who's got the time for that? I don't know her. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that pepper spicy. Mm. Yeah, all spice, all what now? <laughs> no, I, I. It annoys me when people critique food things. Like I've got friends who don't drink. I've got friends who do drink, but on occasion don't drink. People should be free to eat how, what, when they please. Like, why are you policing someone putting meat in their mouth? And I. <laughs> <laughs> I got home from work less than an hour ago and was still on meat in mouth chat. Wow. <laughs> Filth. <laughs> well, I couldn't agree more. I feel like being vegetarian isn't a personality, nor is being a meat eater. And I feel like the accusation that someone is boring because they have chosen not to eat bland, usually 
normally what my boyfriend calls mystery meat normally when it's on a pizza because realistically mm-hmm. it's uh, it's too many steps away from an animal um yeah i think that's quite an unfair accusation to call someone boring i mean sure there are boring vegetarians out there but i mean shivani for one does not strike me as a boring vegetarian no Definitely not. But also, so I have been vegetarian for many years. Well, no, I was, have been. (laughs) (laughs) But I was vegetarian for many years. And yeah, my auntie ruined that with, you can't tell, uh, and this is a stereotype. I said it, I'll lean into it. You can't tell a Jamaican auntie that you're not going to eat the chicken she cooks specially for you Mm-mm-mm. because you're vegetarian. So she'll just keep us. She'll just keep telling you, but I have cooked. <laughs> and you need to, you need to take that hint and run with it to the kitchen and fix yourself a plate because yeah. So I lost, I was vegetarian for years and then I, I finally cracked at my auntie's house. What did so, you, I was going to say, what did you crack over? Was it auntie's fried chicken? It was jerk, jerk chicken wings. Oh, uh, well, I mean, and like, so my auntie and my cousin make some of the best chicken wings, hands down. Legit. Like, yeah. I think that a, a spicy chicken wing is hard to, hard to reason with. My little sister is a, part-time vegan part-time vegetarian generally cooler than me um but often when coming home in the middle of the night we'll get involved with some chicken wings usually that she'll have found in the fridge that my dad has been keeping for later um she's quite fun. <laughs> sorry dad yeah sounds dad and then she'll do a little chicken wing dance and it's it's a beautiful thing um yeah yeah but also to be a good to be veggie is hard if you can't cook. So those who are veggie and have been veggie for a while, hands off to you, because you actually know how to cook. Because to make aubergine taste different after day five, you have to be throwing in something new. So I have a lot of respect and time for you. Aubergine is a texture more than anything else. And that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Don't get me wrong, I love an aubergine texture, but yeah, there comes a point where like you do have to get creative with your spices. True. And talking of getting creative with spices, who doesn't love a frosted flake? <laughs> I don't know why these all sound like in your ah, Filth. Filth. Would you like to Sorry, exp- Mum. Would you like to explain on that or should we just sit on it? Just sit with it? Let's just, well, um, <laughs> with consent, of course. Oh god. <laughs> but no. What I what I was trying to allude to mm, was the Kellogg's website. So this is non-medical. We're warming up with the non-medical stuff. We're getting there, we're getting there. We need to feel our way into the medicine. <laughs> and I love that Gen Z, I have hope. My crusty, ashy ankles, dry elbowed self, dreams of a better moisturized future. And I know it's possible <laughs> because the, I don't know who it was, I don't know who this person was, but someone wrote a script that submits, auto-submits CVs to the Kellogg website. And it's like, do you know what? Oh, the children, as she adds anti-wrinkle cream under her eyes, the children <laughs> are our future. I think, because it was all to do with um, Kellogg's just trying to bin off everyone who wanted to uh, unionize. Mm. Actively hiring scabs. Actively. <laughs> not even, no shame, no decency. Are you not embarrassed? <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's just some of the times where I just realise how far away we are from America when we think, I feel like that's something, well, maybe you i don't know i just don't feel like that would maybe it would be on the front of the daily mail if someone was like you're not allowed to unionize but yeah i feel like if 
We it, are allowed to unionize. Yeah, exactly. Because our unions are effective. <laughs> I was, right. was going to say, I did. I said it. I said it. I pay my three sixty six a month. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that I forgot. Student BMA, student BMA references are um, fees are. Mm. Just yeah. you wait. I am waiting for my first non-subsidized fee to come out, and it is gonna hurt. I'm pretty. I think so. Was that GMC? I can't keep up. People just start robbing you. Like wait. You I'm can... waiting for my union to do something effective. Mm, mm, I know it's very controversial to say this, but as and um, I feel like it's hard to stand up for a, a how effective or not effective our union are considering the history that we have and our... No, I'm a call, I am invoking my Londoner right to call our union ineffective. Do you know why? Because train drivers make bank. Oh. Two <laughs> drivers make bank. Like, they are collecting bag. And yet we're like, oh, the tube strikes. Face your union and don't hush now. Be upset that your union is ineffective. That's a you problem. Their union works. But unfortunately, we are slightly... No, I don't even want to blame. I was about to blame Caucasity, but I think that's unfair because actually we've had quite a quite a multicultural um, BMA for council for at least as long as I've been a uh, yeah. a qualified doctor or or even aware of the BMA's existence. And yeah, it just is quite placid. I would say lots of agreeing and nodding and going. Yes, things should be different. It, to be fair, it is partly our fault because I feel like. I started off as a medical student, as a as a medical student, as an F1, wanting to be like really engaged. You know, I qualified in the wake of the uh, junior doctor contract strikes. You know, I was on my protests. I met I met Harry Leslie Smith, got my picture with him. R.I.P. Absolute legend, yeah. big man, big big man. Um, you know, and so I I hit the ground running and was really really engaged. I was BMA rep for all of about four months and then I just realised I just wasn't supported and it's hard to kind of I do feel for the reps in some way because I feel like you are fighting for an apathetic crowd but then I have they become yeah. the apathetic crowd and go why doesn't my union do anything for me whilst sat there not doing yeah. anything for my union maybe I'm literally sat here like an old grouchy lady in my little hovel in the corner of the country but move, and I, rec- I recognise that moving a monolith is hard, like moving, mm. changing, getting any kind of progress in an institution as big and unwieldy as the BMA, the GMC, and hate, like various other organisations is challenging. Oh, you know, don't you love a challenge? <laughs> I think I loved a challenge before I became tired. And I think that's Fair. a problem. It's being tired. Do you know who else are tired? <laughs> so Who's tired? Teachers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> those guys. Um, we are referencing the frankly Black Mirror esque video um, that was about from South Dakota, where there was uh, what was called a dash for cash with teachers literally fighting on their knees to ram one dollar notes one dollar notes as well that's the thing there's all this money on the floor but they are only single dollar bills into their clothes so that they can afford 
classroom supplies not not a prize for them literally crayons for their children um dark dark so as much as i can we can complain about having an ineffective union where we are struggling at least we're not struggling as much as teachers (laughs) i would say Although it's, I don't know, some people on the NHS bursary would be there on their hands and knees, like gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> oh no, don't get me wrong, I'd have been there. I got no self-respect, not a shred of self-respect. I'd have, you'd have got me there. I'd have been fighting. I'd have been fighting for my coin. <laughs> and also, just imagine the equivalent in the UK would be us fighting over one pound. <laughs> <coin. laughs> Sorry, this is, I'm so sorry, guys. I always thought this and I need to share this on the internet because, you know, that's a good decision. That's what the internet's for. So strippers in America get dollar bills. (laughs) You can see where I'm going with this. They get dollar bills and dollars are the same size, whether they're $1 or $100. Mm -hmm. Do people like flick pound coins and two pound coins at strippers in the UK? Like how... Do you like shove a fiver between her butt crack or but, but also do you you're like, not you know, gonna get tuck many... 20s into his boxers? How do you do this? That, so that's very interesting. Now, what I will say is my experience of tucking... <laughs> of tucking... Uh, my experience... Please continue. Of, please, I uh, So mm. my student status means that I should tell you that everything we discuss will only be shared with you. <laughs> It's all confidential between you, me, and the internet. Say no more. The internet never, nothing ever. Yeah, yeah no, the, the internet. But yeah, sorry, your experience of tucking so what would you, what notes, would you banknotes into underwear um, was. Yeah. <laughs> so this was purely at a excellent drag night um, called Mariah and Friends at Bethnal Green uh, Working Men's Club, which was sick. Um, and we, and I would say that. It's more exciting the more that gets put in the underwear. So what you did was you'd buy, you'd you'd buy, uh, give them say a fiver or a tenner, and then you would they'd give you a stack of pieces of paper, and then you know okay. when yeah. someone impressed you, you'd go up to the stage and you'd tuck in a, a you know a, a Mariah dollar bill basically is what they were. Oh, like usher like, bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And what I'd say is... Okay, cool, cool. I gave away many, many, many notes, but that was because for a fiver, I got many, many notes. I'm okay. tight and I'm not going to give one fiver. And I'm like, well, you get, you best give me some change. I need to see their knees work. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving... Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm going like, to I need to see you... Or, uh, yeah. You know. Also, <laughs> that brings me back to my bar wench days where I used to keep my tips in my bra. That was good. And, yeah. Yeah, I thought we were good times. So and I'd finish an, a night shift, an evening shift, and I'd be, I'd have been, I was, used, I was like studying for my A-levels, and I'd finish it, like get home at about two, three in the morning, and you'd get home, get go to get changed, get showered, and you'd just take your bra off and coin. Money would stick off your brain. <laughs> and you're like, today was a good night. <laughs> it's like my minimum wage was worth it for this coin. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Mum, but the amount of sweaty five and ten pound notes I used to find Ooh, in the yeah. shower. Yeah. <laughs> Post shift, like I was, gonna, I was gonna say, yeah, it's like you'd find a note, you'd be like, oh, I'm fancy. Normally it'd be like, oh, two pound yeah. coin. I'd feel good if I found a two pound coin underneath my boob, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and I use the word underneath because you were 
storing yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Itty yeah. bitty titty committee will never recognize <laughs> the usefulness of these boulder holders. Like, Absolutely not. Sometimes the space is useful. I mean, Usually it's just a backache. <laughs> I still store most things in my bra, including when I'm on calls, when, you know, because women's dresses aren't normally gifted with pockets. This isn't on a list. I was once on placement and I was with a reg. I love this reg. She was a GP trainee. Absolutely amazing. So funny, really smart, excellent. Like she did loads of bedside teaching. Mm -hmm. And then I came back from lunch and she's like, I can't find my list, Lara. I can't find my list. Like, where, where is it? And we're in scrubs. I was like, have you checked your scrub pockets? Yeah, I've checked my scrub pockets. So we went back to all the rooms we'd been in. We looked around the nurses' station, and I was like, and okay, you haven't, you haven't been on your break yet. Where is it, my friend? <laughs> it was between her memories. I literally, I was like, I cannot look at you for the rest of this day. Like, And it's the curve. It's the curve the paper takes as it follows your breast. And if it's been there for too long, then oh. you take it out and it just follows and it, rem it, yeah. it remembers yep, the it curve was... of your breast. Good oh, times. Yeah, it just made me laugh so much. It's like, madame, have you checked your cleavage? <laughs> Should we use that as a segue oh. into a quick holiday to sexism? <laughs> As I yes. thought, I, <laughs> you thought I'd never ask. I think it's time. Would you like to take this one? Yeah, so as the future mediocre surgeon... Um, or geriatrician. This tweet... Or, or, or is it, is, is, uh, excuse me, uh, it's Jerry's, um, or uh, care of the elderly, or care of the blessed with many birthdays, or... <laughs> the advanced. Let's, not, let's just not. It's the wizened, it's the wizened group. <laughs> wizened yes uh, care of the calendly calendarly blessed <laughs> but yes so this was from professor and let me not stumble on them peas professor claire hopkins she got my favorite letters. complaint letter mm -hmm, was from a patient sorry my favorite complaint letter from a patient thanked the hospital for the excellent care during their surgery which relieved their symptoms completely but to express their disappointment that professor hopkins hadn't bothered to see them either in clinic pre or post-op, oh, the outrage. Um, ladies and gentlemen, for absolutely zero points, can you just guess the gender of <laughs> Professor Claire Hopkins? It, it, it's, it, it's really, it, what's sad is it's very recognizable. It's the existence of, you know, turning up, introducing yourself as the doctor, have it doing the entire consultation and then the patient saying thank you nurse which is fine i am sure i there are nurses that are more than capable of doing probably much better histories than me but i introduce mm -hmm. myself nothing personal no nothing personal but i mean i'm in a lot of debt and i want you <laughs> i want you to know I, want, uh, I am in a lot of debt and also require lots of therapy because of medical school. So I would like it to be recognised. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it really it, it really does ring home and it's really disappointing, but also quite, yeah. For me, it's just the fundamental, like, lack of listening. And so as someone who, you can say your name to me and I forget it. So I can understand, like, name blindness or not hearing or not listening. But it's like, if someone's introduced themselves and they said, I am your surgeon, or I'm one of the doctors, or hi, my name's Dr. This. Uh, uh, like, at what point do we start 
doing cognitive assessments because, <laughs> sir, did you not hear when the doctor part left my lips? <laughs> It's like, I think I need to check your B12 because uh, mm-hmm. mm, do a little delirium yeah. scream on you. Um, it's just, it's frustrating because it's like, I actually have no issue, as a med student, I have no issue being called or whatever. I'm glad you acknowledged my existence. Thank you. But it is frustrating when it's like, you've made a point to introduce yourself and they don't listen. I knew my anti-aging regime needed to be actually put in place when they were like, are you the reg? And I was like, um, I'm a med student. Like, I know I'm old enough to be one, but I'm a med student. You should just take it as a compliment because I feel like if, I feel like it means you're carrying the swagger of the reg. Definitely. And definitely not the heavy laden shoulders of the reg. I think it's the double bagging eye malarkey and tiredness and perpetual look of like confusion. Mm. <laughs> I mean, and the thing though is, and we were mentioned, you like, you just mentioned about like, oh, doing a delirium scream. It's not just your elderly patients. I work in sexual health, and you know, not that the elderly are not getting it on. Plenty of my patients are of more advanced years, but generally, the average age is younger than most of the other patients I encounter, and still, mm. I can, I can go through in a whole encounter and it be mistaken um i can be mistaken for someone else so an example literally last week was me and frank who is one of our healthcare advi- uh, healthcare workers who um in our clinic we kind of tag team and so that i'll be writing they'll kind of go and get them they'll be doing the bloods while i'm taking the history they can go and look at like slides and things like that and so frank goes to grab them from the um the from the waiting room and is chatting to them as they go in and this guy comes in and he's just chatting to frank and i go hi and he just goes oh yeah and then just carries on talking to frank (laughs) as he sits down and i'm sat at the computer in the chair with the computer and just wait and just what just wait to see if this man is going to acknowledge me at all and at one point I just go, hi, I am Yasmin and I am the doctor. And the guy just looks at me like, oh. And there's that, there's that, <laughs> like, I could, I could say a good five seconds of like, I thought, because he started giving his whole history to Frank. And bless him, Frank is there just being like, what is he doing? Okay. Cool like, story, okay. bro. Yeah, exactly. And being like, oh, and keeps trying to like beckon towards me. And you're just like, oh, it's only so much. And this guy's yeah. like, yeah. So it, I don't think it's necessarily an age thing. And I, and I don't know, it shouldn't be that it offends us in such a way, but it does. <laughs> and It offends me that people don't listen. I literally, I have no issue being called a nurse. I have no issue being called, and we'll get onto those later, custodial mm. stuff. Like I really, oh. that really doesn't bother me. What bothers me is if I've made the effort to introduce myself multiple times, my ID badge says medical student, I've got mm-hmm. a university logo. Like there are lots of, Small signifiers, clues, even if your eyesight, higgity-haggity, there's lots of things to kind of suggest I am a student and Mm -hmm. I have introduced myself as a student and you're kind of like determined to be like, no, this is your position, this is why. But yeah, that's like a cultural problem at large. It's not going to fix itself overnight. No. Do you, shall we, you have, you've mentioned the custodial staff one. I feel like that links nicely. We could go, I mean, we've, we've talked about sexism. Let's go on to our, our uh, favourite ism after sexism. 
Mm. Mm. Racism. Race, 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 Cue John Cena music. When I say racism, you say no. Please keep that. Please keep that. That all my nineties ravers. I'm so so sorry. <laughs> Also, uh, just imagining lots of like young medical students listening to that, being like having no idea about what that reference was. But that's fine. We're doing it for the uh, for the old age. Doing it for us. We're doing it for ourselves. Yeah, I mean, the oldies I'd, at the back, like yeah. I, I couldn't give a toss if anyone listens to this ever again. I'm just having a good old chat. <laughs> they are not going to invite us back. Oh my uh, god. I know. Yeah, they're going to be left with like an hour and twenty minutes, and they'll be like, "What can we use?" The beginning yeah. bit. Yeah. Cool. So, custodial staff. So, from bad raps to bad takes. Oh. So, no, the custodial stuff isn't a bad, a bad take. I I think this is more, and again, this is where Bell Hooks, rest mm. in peace, oh, this right is where hey. her intersectionality comes into, into play because men are often seen in specific types of menial role. Mm-hmm. So this is going to sound weird. I've never, especially where I am, where there are like eight black people in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never been mistaken for custodial staff because most of the custodial staff there are Eastern European. Right, So I'm never mistaken for that because I'm, but I know, I, I'm literally on their list tomorrow. I know a, cus, a consultant who has been mistaken for custodial staff at least twice in front of my eye. And so that's the problem with this guy. So this is Ty Winters, who's a paediatrician in... uh, Where is he? What state is he in? He's in America somewhere. He's in the America. He's in the the US of A. Um, Hey, hey, hey. And he tweeted a lovely, really happy-looking selfie. I mean, we really should comment on that suit as well. Looking beautiful. (laughs) Man's looking fine. Yeah, but I mean... (laughs) That's that, you know what that is? That's that medical director, sweet, sweet pea. Um, but yeah, so he's talking about walking down the hallway and someone stops him and asks if he's housekeeping and he replies, no, but I can help. I like his little touch there. He's like, no, but I'll try and help. Anyway. and ah, love that. And I know, God, that. You never, never stop trying to help. And the person then looks down at his badge and says, oh, you're, you're, you're a doctor? You look like custodial staff. And yeah, the man's then taken a selfie of what he looks like at the moment and he's looking fly. If that's what their custodial staff look like in America, then mm. mm-hmm. signed me So up. for those who can't see or haven't seen the tweet, he's in a lovely blue, kind of like um, a riff on the Prince of Wales check with a lighter <laughs> hash- hatching rather than the darker hatching of the classical Prince of Wales. Um, in a nice kind of... Um, I would say a deep sapphire tone with a kind of burnished gold tie and a sky blue, but on the lighter, cooler shade uh, shirt. I can't see his cufflinks, but altogether put very well and hopefully finished off with lovely black shoes, not brown. Uh, we One would hope so. <laughs> and a real, and also a very a smart, friendly, but also, you know, a little bit edgy, but still professional pair of glasses. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and uh, the man's black. <laughs> I like that. I, what? So, da, da, da. Yeah. Surprise. Surprise. But yeah. But what I think is fascinating is, would he have had the same... So this isn't to, like, dim- dismiss his experience, but would he have had the same experience if he was Hispanic, given the... Mm. Um, 
kind of proportion of Hispanic population in America as a whole. Like, I don't know where he is specifically, which would kind of impact it. And actually, it looks like it's Michigan stereotypes. This is going to be really sad, but I recognise. Oh yeah, no, I recognise <laughs> <is> Michigan. <laughs> I recognise the symbol because I used to use the University of Michigan Medical School notes for my undergraduate. <laughs> That's a throwback. Sad. That's a throwback. Yeah, they did, they did also, some good. Also, if you go notes. on his profile, it says University of Michigan in like ginormous letters. Sorry, but that was absolute spark <laughs> from me. That's an absolute spark. Well done, me. Professional observer. We love mm, to see it. We love to see it. That's but, right. Yeah, it's just. Um, it's just a shame that certain stereotypes and the stereotypes are very specific to the region as well like it's it's not just like it's it's bad it's the double whammy of like he's black and he's male that Mm. I think kind of led to that assumption and what I love is as soon as you kind of challenge it people don't have they really struggle to verbalise what it is that's like oh I thought because um, and they don't say it yeah. They very rarely say it. I actually have more respect for those who are like, it's because you were black. I'd be like, yeah, okay, do your racism to yeah. my face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you don't want, you know, say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't try Keep and... your red cap on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny though, what makes me laugh is really the thing that I noticed in the mentions of this tweet the most was the people doing what... Uh, well, in the UK, we used to have... Did you ever see that Twitter account didn't happen... Of the of the year awards, yes, there are, there are people literally doing things that didn't happen. So there's a guy there being like things that didn't happen for a thousand, Alex, and people being like, oh, this <clears> is <throat> someone's Denied. like Wrong. this. This Incorrect. feels very juicy like to you, and yeah, and but they're obviously these are that's a grant the pale of persuasion obviously you know, mm-hmm. um, so obviously there's the I think we could make a comment on uh, people denying the lived experience of the minority. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just having the audacity to say, well, you've made that up. It's like, "Mm." (sighs) But then in things you couldn't make up, the new BAME director (laughs) So, because I don't want to be discriminatory towards minority populations, he is a ginger. (laughs) That is important to note. But he, he is also a white man. So, so yeah, Selva has brought that up to brought that to our attention. Um, he's not just a white man; he's a white man called Tim, which is arguably one of the whitest names available. Dr. Tim Ferris appointed the executive sponsor of the uh, BAME Network for the NHS Health for the NHS was announced. And oh, side note: Are you a BAME or a BAME? I am a... Because I'm a Bamer. I reject BAME as a concept. <laughs> I find Oh, so it... no, I hate BAME. And yeah. I think my... I'm so sorry. No, I don't even apologise. No, I don't apologise. I think very uncomfortable by using the term non-white to describe <laughs> the BAME population in a 45-minute presentation. Beautiful. They said nothing. I was like, yeah, tell me it's wrong. You're at quite a white university as well, so I feel like that would have gone down beautifully. Mm. Because that's what it is. That's the opposite of BAME. You just mean the non-whites. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I could I could give you a forty-five-minute presentation on why BAME is not a good idea. Slash. Having said that, I don't think Dr. Tim Ferriss being appointed sponsor of the BAME. The, I can't. Also, my stutter doesn't allow me to say BAME, so I got to say BAME. Oh, yeah. um, Dr. Tim Ferriss being appointed executive sponsor of the BAME network is that bad? I think. 
No, we're going to have to let them do some stuff. <laughs> let them be involved, bless them. Also, what is an executive sponsor? Does that mean that that's who gets us into the parties? Because to be honest, sometimes you need a white man to get you through the door. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Do you need someone translating our nurse, our nurse into palatable Caucasian language so that it's see, deemed acceptable and understandable? And I mean, they could be saying the exact same thing as us, but, you know, they're probably saying it in a slightly more reserved tone. Um, but yeah. yeah. But like, so I'm being ridiculous. But I do think that we... Because I, I know it sounds bad, but if I saw, for example, a black or brown person in that role, I'd be tempted to think they're in that role because that's the diversity ticking box. Yeah. And it could well be that this person's in the role because they're, you know, oh, we can't have too many this, we, we want to have... But it was just, I think that at some point... Um, anti-racism movements, anti, you know, kind of anti-misogyny movements, all of these things are going to have to recognise that certain other groups which have been vilified and demonised also have a place at the table and we can just make it a different table. It doesn't mean that they're completely invalid and we should be like, no, you penis person, extra back. <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I think it's, it's, it's tricky. No, I would say, well, I've got one mental picture of, of Tim in my head is that I would love it if he has got a banging ebony wife at home. <laughs> so speaking of, I guess, the converse, um, obviously, so Tim Ferriss being a white man being put in a leadership slash, slash senior role in, a, in the BAME network, actually sometimes putting the in inverted commas BAME people in positions of power doesn't necessarily do the old minorities any good. Yeah. The Conservatives have painted a pretty bad picture. (laughs) We ain't never going to get a seat at the table again because they'll be... Because the people that we've got there at the top aren't necessarily... They are lifting up the ladder after themselves, one might say. No, they can keep their ladder. I don't want their ladder. I want a different ladder. Keep. <laughs> I want a fresh one, please. Keep your ladder. Your ladder leads to the old Bailey. I don't want it. <laughs> to the old Bailey. <laughs> but yeah, so people like Pretty Patel, who would deport her own parents if given the opportunity, um, you know, leading, being behind some of the most egregious acts of discrimination discrimination I'm just going to call that it's it's straight up discrimination I feel like we should just give a shout out to Ghislaine Kanuani who is a who tweet we are referencing pointing out that where she says arguably the most diverse cabinet has introduced the most violently racist and regressive pieces of legislation this country has ever seen in decades um i hope you are rethinking your representation politics and accept once and for all we are all capable of reproducing racism and i think that's Mm -hmm. really important like minorities can be racist and it oh we're gonna do this oh okay okay i'm all i'm gonna say i'm gonna say one sentence your minority status whether sexual ethnic or gender does not uh disavow you or mean that you are divorced from the process of doing uh, equality and diversity and equity work your kind of minority values 
do not mean that you are exempt from putting in the hard work. Everybody needs to do it. Everybody needs to be kind of active in this process. There is probably a better way to say it, but I feel very strongly about this. And I'm so sorry, I have to continue this because I saw a whole load of, this is really old. I'm so sorry guys, this is old. But I saw a whole load of tweets a couple of weeks ago and a couple of months ago now being like, I'm a black man. I don't need to do diversity, equity and training work. I'm a woman, I, shut up. Hush now, unless you tick every single minority box. And even if you do, you still have to do the work. You are not exempt. Sit down, do the training, think about it, reflect on it, chew on it, cogitate on it, let it mature and refine who you are as a person. I feel very strongly about this. I just think, because many people are like, oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm a gay. I don't need to do, you know, pride trait. Shut up. Yes, you do. Your experience is not the only experience. What I would say on the... <laughs> you can cut mm. that. I'm so... <laughs> no, don't cut that. Mm. You can hear me. Click, click, click. Um, so click, so click, click. Some clicks. I don't know if the clicks are going to pick up on my headphones, but I'm clicking. So what I would say... I agree. I think that there is no exemptions. We all need to put in the work. Some people need to put more work in than others, but you're right. Mm -hmm. You do not get a free pass because you are oppressed because oppressed people can oppress other people. Thank you. What I would say is (laughs) NHS diversity training. I don't want to have to do that. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, (laughs) any e-learning, I don't want to do it. I do not want to do it. EDIE learning can get in the sea because it is not in any way reflective or useful, I would argue. Um, So, yeah, I'd say that the reflection should occur, but I don't think that necessarily the way in which we are compelled to do it it. I would say we are compelled to do it every time we change trusts which for some people is every four to six months and they have to do I will concede that yeah it's what I would say yeah but yeah, in general, I agree. I wish, like, I wish I had like some nice pithy way to just be like. But it just, it really bugs me when people are like, oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it made no words. sense. It's just words. 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 Where use are your they? mouth words. Come on, use oh, your gosh. words. Okay. Use your words. Awesome. Now that was Ooh, profound. Sir. That was profound. <laughs> just I mean, stroke. That's not clarity. <laughs> Anyway, should we talk about some medicine? Get yeah. it nice and professional. Yeah, let's let's. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like we've mentioned the NHS. Let's swing it back round to the NHS and to being doctors or medics of some ilk. What can what? we can we have a nice one? This one did make me all like heart warm and happy. Mm-hmm. I thought this was so cute. As someone who loves Jerry's, that's right. I called Ooh. it Jerry's. J E R Y, Jerry's. Shots fired. Jerry's. Um, so this is is this Mehul's tweet. I just thought this was so lovely and like he was like, what I love about elderly medicine clinic is that it's legit to book a follow up appointment to make sure they've gone to all their clinic appointments, and that's just like, oh, I like that. It's nice and like warm and fuzzy, and it's like you're part of your patient's life in a helpful way for them. And I just thought that was really sweet. And that's one of the good things about medicine. You can do something helpful for that person in a way that is specific to them. So I I liked that tweet. I thought it was very cute. No, I like that. And I think there's something to be said for the 
the what was it the holistic approach to looking after your patient and i think that like jerry's is one of those specialties where that is an option um i would say i'm biased and i think that hiv and sexual health allows me to have that option as well um being that i being the physician for a patient with hiv i'm basically the overseer of all aspects of that person's health from health so advocate like general practitioner <laughs> Oh, oh, we can't go on to that no, we get, we get, No, no, we can't, oh. we can't, we can't. Uh, oh. I think I'm having an allergic reaction. Uh, uh. One no, sec, fine. well, it's fine. We'll, we'll pause, we'll park her. Can we say, before we get on to that um, person, can we have a shout out to Mehul who CCTs this week? That's right. That's CCT Claxon. That's, That's a right. thing now. He That's will soon be booted out of all the SPR WhatsApp groups he has joined. He will no longer be able to make pithy comments about being the med reg uncle because he will sooner or later become a consultant. So shout out to Mehul. CCT. Fewer things hurt like being kicked out of a WhatsApp group that you don't want to leave. Like I know it's, this is really sad. This is so sad. But like when you see like that little you cannot reply or like oh oh I wasn't ready to go. <laughs> Can I just say I've never experienced that. So you'll have to just tell me how that feels. <laughs> But I have angrily stormed out of a WhatsApp group before, which is arguably even more embarrassing. So, yeah. Uh, Is that embarrassing or legendary? Like, you've taken that control. You're like, yep, I'm leaving. I'm the captain now. I am the captain now. No, I I think it's pretty embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. Or worse, you making a comment and then I think the height of embarrassment before... Before we go back to talk about medicine for a second, um, the height of embarrassment is when you say something on a group and then someone immediately leaves because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What I love is... And this has happened. This has happened to me. I have done this to people. That's someone posts something and then the next comment is like hours later or days later in some group chats and it's completely ignoring the request in the message above. Like, no one acknowledged it. No one laughed at your gif. Nothing. Just dead silence. Silence and then like, has anyone got the latest? Whatever it is, it's like, oof, oof. Yeah, painful. Oof. Painful, painful, yeah. painful. Oh. But do you know what is painful? Sorry. No, go for it. <laughs> as someone who is um, sartorially challenged, as as my mother would describe, my mum actually still buys my clothes. Like I know, I'm a grown adult woman. <laughs> I'm literally a grown adult married woman. My mum still buys my clothes. <laughs> Um, but when you're, you're, you're it's because I don't like shopping. When your work clothes become your going out clothes. Again, another shout out to like, Mehul. Should we just have a little Mehul Hall of Fame? Mehul moment. He gets three mentions. So this is mention number two. So Mehul wearing the same clothes, going out and, and going to work. I, I want to see what he's wearing to work because this sounds like a fit. <laughs> So when I first met Mehul, I was a wee, wee, wee medical student in my fourth year. And I remember him being very cool and wearing chinos that were very slim fitting and shirts and him being very, very cool and smelling nice is what I recall. Um, But yeah, so Mehul, that was a strange thing to say. Mehul is commenting on the fact that 
you know you're getting older um, is when you realise that your going out clothes have become your are actually just your going to work clothes. And I mean, I don't see what's wrong with that. No. Personally, I'm like, is Mel the Rihanna of medicine? <laughs> he's bringing out a facial line. He's bringing out perfumes. He's yeah. bringing out undies. Like he smells good. He dresses well. Mm. I'm seeing similarities here. <laughs> We're waiting for him to drop another album. Is it ever going to come? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I would say about his comment, though, is that I really do go out in the clothes that I wear to work. But that is because I chose to go into a profession where I am allowed to wear rainbows and glitter. And I'm actually actively encouraged to. So if anything, I have uh. taken the clothes I used to go out in and have started wearing them to work rather than the reverse. I mean, I actively try and dress like a lesbian librarian, so. <laughs> that is genuinely my aesthetic. That's Let's like what go. I aspire to dress like. So, yeah. <laughs> if I'm hitting it, excellent. Mm. Mm, if it works, it works. Whereas mm, my my mum once said that, my mum, when I was about to qualify as a doctor, said, oh, good, you're going to start dressing like an adult now, which was quite savage. <laughs> mm. I, I dress like a children's TV entertainer and I'm absolutely happy and proud of it and get many, many comments complimenting me. So, Well, do you know what's child play? <laughs> Obviously, and guy surgery. The, the subways are getting better and better, mate. The links. The links. Ooh. Oh. So I, slick. So I love this tweet, which was, I don't even think it was like linked to, oh no, it was a quote tweet, which was like, please come back to me when you can remove a four kilogram appendix in an awake patient within a minute of knife to skin. Thanks, bye. And then it's and the like nail painting emoji. Nail paint emoji. It's like, yes. Yeah, because that is uh, one of our American colleagues saying that she was told by a surgical resident today that Ops and Guiney were not actually surgeons, which is pretty mean. Sir, I have seen two grown adult qualified doctors pull a woman apart (laughs) and she said thank you. (laughs) Also, I feel like Ops and Guiney surgery was what I actually envisaged surgery to be like. Before I went to medical school, you have images of like, you go to an operation, you cut them open you whip it out and you start pulling stuff out and then you sew it back together at the end whereas surgery now it's all robots and little things and watching things on camera which is very skillful but I mean not where I'm at personally I mean I've got a very short attention span um can I can I ask you to record this and send it to my family so that when I'm playing video games I'm like actually I'm practicing for my life as a surgeon actually and not just killing Draugr for the 5,000th time it's actually practicing my dexterity it's shown in it's very important I get the third part of this shout Thank you. <laughs> Actually, there was a Lancet study that showed that some of the most skillful surgeons are really good. Uh, no, don't, because there is a study saying there is a specific video game that mm. improves a surgical dexterity. And I lived with a housemate who bought the game. Oh, come Shout on, Dr. people. I actually, no, I do love this guy. But he genuinely bought the game and I was like, it's a I, bit of a shit game. There is a lot. I mean... <laughs> If it wasn't Cookie Mama or Sims, I'm not playing. Just saying. Overcooked too, baby. <laughs> Is that what it was? No, it was like um, it was like a monkey ball 
uh, one oh. of the Donkey Kong monkey games. Ah, uh, yawn. But yeah, anyway, back to it. Ops and Gynae, it's totally a surgical specialty. You cut people open, you sew them back together again. That person's talking out their arse. Also, can we take a moment to appreciate the size of the needles Ops and Gynae use? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, yeah, no, we're just not going to talk about it. So moving on oh. to the next one. <laughs> Are we... Okay, I need you to, like, take a moment to brace yourself. I'm ready. I'm going to say... You know how, like, when you say candy mouth three times? Oh, we're on one. I'm just going to make a note. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you think if I say her name three times, like... <gasps> Don't. Don't. A reverse TT, like a reverse, you know, discharge letter will fly into my face <laughs> and like give me jobs to do as I sleep or something. <laughs> We're talking about our favourite Royal College president. <laughs> Say her name. Say it. That's right. She is escalating further. Not only is she... She is tweeting multiple offensive things a week now. Someone check on her. Is she okay? Is something traumatic going on in her life? And she's attacking her secondary care colleagues. I don't know. If I want someone to put out a welfare call for her, arguably not a GP, because she'll probably get angry. So, again, in things that might get me cancelled, I love her. I love the chaoticness. I love the randomness. I love the, like, she's like a shotgun. Just boom. You don't know what's going to be hit. I love it. I love her. We know what's going to be hit. It's secondary care medicine and surgery and all specialties. So, she actually deleted this one, which was really impressive. Um, And apologised, in fairness to her. I wouldn't call it an apology. We could have a whole thing about apologies that aren't apologies. It was a sorry that you were offended, which to me, uh, is that an apology? But anyway, it's the best we're going to get from her. So big old CG, she made a comment about uh, secondary care professionals writing discharge letters that dare to ask our GP colleagues to do tasks. Now, I think that there is something to be said for some discharge summaries being asking for the world that and it can't happen i mean hands up gps hard job couldn't do it couldn't pay me enough money to do it my two best friends from medical school both gps and we talk about what they're doing and i just think i couldn't i, I couldn't do that i don't wouldn't want to However, there is a position, there is a point where you have to say to yourself, the function of the general practitioner is to be the long-term contact for that person as a healthcare professional in the community. And therefore, there will be things that should be followed up. I don't yeah. think that asking someone to do use and ease two days after they've been discharged is a resp- is a good thing to be asked for. However, checking in on someone's mood after they've been discharged because there were references to them having, you know, thoughts and negative ideas that you frankly cannot check up on in an acute in an acute admission slash it wouldn't be appropriate to because is that something that's an acute response to acute illness or is it? a sign of something chronic you know these are sort of things where it is appropriate yeah and the advantage gps have and i say the advantage like their job is already super hard but and one of the things that i think so the advantage they have and one of the things that draws people to gps that you get to know your patients in a very 
short amount of time in interacting together, but continuously over months, weeks, years, however long it is, you get to know your patients. So you know that actually, you know, Mr. Smith is just a bit like that. And actually it's not concerning, but you may recognize that like, you know, Sandra isn't her usual self or like, you know, Callie isn't being their usual self. They're being a bit different and this is new for them. And that's something that you can investigate and you can do that with much more sensitivity than, you know, the haggardy F2 who's staying late to complete TTOs. So, yeah. yeah. I think that there's there's a middle ground. I think that as with a lot of Claire Gerarda's points, there is in below the antagonism and the bile <laughs> is, is some shred of a point that makes sense. She, yep. however, undermines mm-hmm. herself by trying to pit primary versus secondary healthcare against each other. Because at the end of the day, the only enemy we've got is the government because they're skanking us. <laughs> and I'm, we, okay. we need to support each other. And I just feel like she is trying to pit us against each other when actually, and I think one of the good things from her her inflammatory posts is the fact that underneath them you get GPs versus hospital medics all saying to each other well this is bollocks we're all in it together and that's quite nice to see so if anything she brings us together (laughs) yeah no I this is again another opinion that will probably get me cancelled do you think some of it is because there is so much bile in the media specifically towards medics from retired hospitalists. You have retired surgeons, you have retired cardiologists, and it's like, babes, you haven't worked in the NHS since I was alive and I am an old lady. Like, you're, you you don't know what you're on about. Mm-hmm. That's the, sim- the simple mm-hmm. fact. You do not know what you're on about. You do not know the burdens that GPs are under today. And you really don't appreciate like how much work they are being asked to do on a shoestring emotional and financial budget. Mm-hmm. Maybe pipe down, sit down, and eat your custard pudding. <laughs> I don't know they're eating custard pudding. Custard it's what pudding. I imagine old people eat. If that's how I retire, I'll be very happy. <laughs> well, not being but not yeah. being angry, but being full of custard. No. And I wonder if, yeah, if the media position was less, because the media position isn't even subtle or mm-hmm. discreetly, it is openly and aggressively hostile to GPs. Mm-hmm. And perhaps if the media wasn't, like she wouldn't feel the need to be so defensive. Because some of these tweets mm-hmm. are basically defensive. It's like, babe, no one's attacking you. Yeah. You wrote this yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's her Auntie inner psyche. Chill. It's her inner psyche, isn't it? I feel like sometimes she's like, you know what? Some of it is just coming. It's an internal. Resp- it's a response to an internal stimuli, and I feel like what she could do with is therapy. I think everyone benefits I mean, who, from therapy. Yeah, who, who, who wouldn't? wouldn't? I love my therapist. I mean, she just got. She just had a baby, and so I'm really struggling with her maternity leave. So you know, come back, Eliza. Come back, come back, <laughs> Eliza. Soon, please. Your baby's cute, but I need you. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like genuine. But like, it's almost like you want her to be present when she doesn't want to be, (laughs) and she's choosing life outside of a clinical environment. Mm -hmm. That wasn't as good a segue, but we're gonna roll with it anyway. (laughs) So that was um, Dr. Brewer, who's been on this podcast and was brilliant. I loved her. I actually genuinely loved her. She she was so great. Um, But she kind of quote tweeted a whole thread 
This is Kidney Boy, baby. Ooh. So this is the Kidney Boy drama that was, it was a lot. But we'll, go, we'll start with her tweet, which was very interesting thread. Demonstrates values that are oft held up as ideal professionalism. Sets standards that are nigh impossible for some, carers, health issues, etc., to meet. And postulates likelihood of burnout related to not working over hours. I don't really agree. And the kind of context for that was kitten boy, baby, blue tick, all that jazz. I know, you hate like the whole... Mm. Sorry. The blue no, tick. No, just... Mm. Blue tick, does, it doesn't mean anything anymore. And I see some big accounts that have been, anyway, anyway. But the context for that tweet was, the whole reason I went into medicine is that it's not just a job. Derision for doing the right thing kind of makes me sick. And that, the context for that tweet is, hospitals have entire admin staff making six figures and they're expecting physicians to work for free. Hot take, physicians need to stop letting themselves get exploited in the name of doing the right thing. Don't give in, end the abuse, it is a job. Mm. So I don't know if you've heard of these things called Venn diagrams, but <laughs> is that the one with circles? Is that the circle one? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, a job is a task that pays you in money or you know kind, so you can buy goods and services with it. And all vocations that pay you a salary are a job, whether you consider them a vocation or not. So, you know, not all jobs are vocations, but all vocations are jobs. Hmm. And I, I do you think it kind of ties in nicely with the rhetoric within the media when they're not telling us we're awful people, um, that we're all heroes and angels and superheroes who, you know, and, you know, escalating us above human beings that are suffering that are struggling that are running on empty you know it's not just we're a person that mm. yeah oh no if i'm if you're gonna call me an angel i want to be an old testament kind of <laughs> angel give me fitty eyes and like 26 wings let me terrify you with the sight of my presence look at me in awe <laughs> and terror <laughs> Oh, and terror, or I don't tell. Yeah, it. I skipped over the terror box. So I was like, let me not scare people. But no, um, I do think it's problematic. The objectification of healthcare workers to the point of their job is so noble because it allows them to tell themselves that it's okay to skip their their flight home, their child's recital, their family performance because they've got to spin that urine. Also, you I don't. No. <laughs> Spinning you don't. Urine. Imagine if someone missed my if 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 I was the child or the partner of someone that chose to spin urine instead of seeing me, I'd be getting a divorce. <laughs> Include a parental divorce, emancipate me. Yeah. Emancipate me. This woman doesn't love me. <laughs> she wants to spin urine instead of look after me. <laughs> she, I'm just confused why we can't consider it a job. Like why can't I like find fulfillment in a thing I do, let's not be honest, it's not nine to five, the hours it is. Mm. It already is way more than full-time hours. Full-time medicine is 48 hours, 48. Mm -hmm. Whereas the standard kind of culturally conventional full-time is 37.5. So I'm already going above and beyond. Why does it need to be my whole life, soul and personality? It took 20 years from me. Is that not enough? Mm. And I think that it also, it, so, so there's a reference to, um, so there's obviously this guy who is the kidney duck guy, kid, no, sorry, kidney boy, sorry, to give him his 
correct title. Um, there's also a reference to a man called Sandip Patel, who's got so many numbers in his name, he looks like a troll, but has been apparently verified as a human being that exists, um, who told, who um, is complaining about the idea of F1's exception reporting for being made to stay late to finish jobs, um, i.e. doing the thing they were told to do by HR, their union, um, in exchange for a shit contract, we are, instead of being paid and remediate, you know, for the money, yeah. that, for, for the time that we compensated for my life. T- this is my actual lifetime, my life hour. I'm not getting it back. Exactly, because we're no longer Give me my fifteen pound. Yeah, exactly. Because we give me my toil. Give me my toil. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want like minimum wage kind of crap. Because it works out to realistically, obviously not minimum wage. What the pay is poor. I don't want. I don't want an hour of money. I want the hour of my life back, and I want toil. But that's another day, another story. But yeah, Sandy Patel, who is saying he's delighted that his students don't have the attitude that they're having to that they're exception reporting when they're working over their their scheduled hours, which is and says that they have um, a lot of self respect. The idea of having no self respect for asking to be paid for the work you've done, for me. I think asking to be paid for the work you've done shows an awareness of one's own value, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's fine, because that's, you know, this this man's, apparently his students love him, allegedly. But yeah, yeah. I think it all kind of ties in. Um, in fairness to him, he only occasionally practices medicine. <laughs> Thank God. Um <laughs> But no, I think it's frustrating to see, well, this is what kind of like performative support looks like. Oh, you know, whenever they give them to me, I do sign them, but you've mm. created a culture and environment that is hostile to the submission and the admittance of the need for TTOs, uh, exception reporting to mm. write out TTOs. Exception reports aren't just so people can get paid, they're so that wards can recognize, hopefully, if they're looking at them properly, okay, if we're continuously re- exception reporting on, you know, Thursday afternoons, perhaps we need to hire someone to do twilights or late shifts on there. Mm-hmm. Like they are meant to be more than just, oh, you did some extra time, get paid. Yes, that's meant to be the kind of immediate thing, but kind of the uh, kind of immediate response, but then longer term, they're meant to be used to recognize where there is short staffing need, clinical need, yeah. like resources need to be put into that area. So so for people that have never worked on the old contract, which actually we're looking at five years worth of graduates by this point, um, we used to have something called monitoring where we, and actually this is only in England, obviously, I think in Scotland and in Northern Ireland, they still do this. Um, you would do what's called monitoring where you would literally write down the hours that you had actually worked for a week or a two week period. And they would then be submitted to HEE to see that the rotor and the contract that you were on was reflected in the actual hours you do. And because the new junior doctor's contract got rid of that, that's why exception reporting was was created. And so, yeah, this man saying, oh, there's no self-respect in exception reporting, I can't help thinking he might have been also one of the consultants that made you feel bad slash pulled you up when you wrote down your actual hours because that was an issue consultants putting pressure on you to not write your real hours on the on the monitoring forms it's just it's all very it's icky 
I'd say it's icky and it's perfor- you're right it's performative leadership and it's performative support also what annoys me is the idea that oh it's unprofessional uh, excuse me my friends who are lawyers they work to the clock if you mm. make them stay 10 minutes they will charge you those 10 minutes you will know you do not waste their time because their time is expensive why is our time less expensive like what is the unprofessionalism of, work, of asking for literal pay for literal work <sighs> So, <laughs> another... Con- I shake an angry fist. <laughs> Down with this sort of thing. <sighs> right, so, <laughs> should we return to a final Mehul reference, which will bring us nicely yeah. round to a, a closing acknowledgement of the of the delightful Ms Rona that is dominating yeah. our lives and we cannot go unmentioned but we don't think deserves to be the majority of our episode um so um let's go around to a final mehul comment about mehul mehul's take on being the covid reg and soon to be the covid consultant i guess um mm. so uh, that wasn't even a segue. That was just me saying, let's talk about Mehul one final time. But I did say we'd give... Th- let's do it. I said we'd give three references to Mehul because of his CCT. And so this is the third one. And he actually, this is quite a profound thread and it's demonstrated by all those likes. It's going into the thousands. That's a, that's a seriously... That is a post that has been interacted with. Um, so, <laughs> so he's talking about how the winter is going to be shit and that the med regs are probably going to take the brunt of the hospital of the hospital's issues and he's come up with some actual helpful tips as well as just being a style icon and the Rihanna of medicine he's also <laughs> he's also the dear Deirdre is, is that a good reference dear Deirdre of dear De- okay, I'm old but dear Deirdre dear Deirdre oh my goodness dear Deirdre is a deep cut <laughs> I mean it with the with intense respect yeah, so, yeah. I feel like a a mediocre um Oh my goodness, I can't remember his name now. It's really awkward. He's got a he pod, but he's got a stammer. My stammer's usually never this bad, but I'm just like rewinds. I hope you know I've not been mocking your every time I do that, I'm not mocking your stammer. Oh no no no. I mock my stammer, it's fine. But no, Mehel's thread was very um it was interesting as someone who's gonna yeah who's someone who's gonna be going into that environment it was nice to see that actually i can i don't have to do it all like the nhs isn't like mm-hmm. i know the nhs is not going to be made and made 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 or broken on this <laughs> pathetic back like look at these tiny shoulders you can't see them but they're small so but it's nice to see that actually people recognize that mm-hmm. you know you're going to be handing over a lot more than you used to mm-hmm. you're going to be taking on kind of tasks from other people and actually sometimes you're going to take on this task in not the most friendly way and it's nothing personal but it's just like the kind of culture around us the culture of covid has made practicing medicine literally harder it's made it hostile it's made it difficult it's made it challenging and i i thought it was quite a nice thread it was it was yeah a little sweet moment the up there in his advice on in number three is it leaving on time and handing stuff over Mm. i mean i don't know what dr sandit patel will think about that but i think that's wonderful advice and something that i instill upon all juniors that i've worked with i luckily don't need to work on the wards that much anymore 
but as a mm. as a kind of general medic getting people to go home to understand the value of a, a task and being able to prioritize someone that's a skill there's a skill there's a talent to knowing what can wait and what can not needs to be prioritized and i think that that's that's really undervalued and not celebrated enough and actually should be on your criteria that should be on your curriculum knowing when to escalate when no just the same as when you need to know when to escalate a patient appropriately know when you need to escalate a job appropriately to hand it over versus actually saying i can sit on this and this will be okay till tomorrow and that will only well, come with experience but you should practice it's i'm so okay this is like a tiny tiny segue this is such a big topic we will literally just touch on it because this is going to keep brewing the SJTs have recently had a, a wee hiccup, as they say. Um, and what I love is, so I was that weirdo, like I read almost every single piece. There are 32 official pieces of ethical guidance the GMC have released, and I read almost all of them. And they specifically say that like the handover is an important clinical tool that foundation doctors need to develop, and doing a good handover is important. So they recognize that we will be handing over tasks, and you should be handing over non-urgent tasks. like. If it's an urgent task, they're kind of like, maybe you should stay, like, you know, kind of maybe, maybe like, if it's and like timely urgent, not four hours time, blood's urgent, but like, if you need to kind of right now, stay. Otherwise, hand it over. So in their own guidance, they actually say, you need to hand it over. In looking after doctors, looking after patients, the wellbeing document they released two years ago now, because I think it was 2019. Again, they talk about the importance of having breaks, the importance of, you know, escalating your concerns about your well-being to your staff, to to your colleagues, to your bosses, all of that stuff. So the official line, the official guidance, the official, the evidence that the GMC have put out is like, yeah, no, guys, you look after yourself, yeah. Yet still, we have these people being like, and it's almost sad that we have to have people like Mehul saying these amazing things and being like, yeah, no, take your break, it's okay. Mm. It's like the people that are like, when a med, when I was a med student, when someone said I could go home, I stayed till five. Babes, you ain't getting paid. If they say <laughs> you can go, go. It's nice that people are still saying that and they're reiterating it and repeating it. But the problem is the implicit action of many people. And like, it's nice that you were the kind of one of the good ones being like, no, go home, like, or take a break or all that stuff, hand it over. But the implicit culture of the NHS is still, stay babes, it's just an hour. <laughs> and it's, and you will get that. And I think speaking to younger colleagues, speaking to, uh, speak, yeah, speaking directly to younger colleagues, to speaking to medical students, the, some of the, you know, you'll get that from your senior colleagues if you're unlucky, because I, I would say that generally the dinosaurs are dying out and, you know, the people that are going to make you feel bad about wanting to be paid for your time, for wanting to leave on time, they are, you know, go, becoming less and less. However, one breed of person that does not respect that and will guilt trip you into saying, but it is only half an hour, is HR and medical staffing. They will try and make you stay and they will invoke the notion of patient safety. Patient safety that they didn't think about when they didn't rotor enough people for that day shift. Hire someone who's not tired then. <laughs> yeah, please, please, I beg, I beg. Let me sleep so I can make a decision that is safe. But no, just <laughs> that's just an aside and a little rant. That I, need, that I needed okay, to express. I, 
no, we need to have another one because we're coming up to our Corona cry, our COVID <laughs> moment, our COVID complaints, our panorama pandemic <laughs> pressure, uh, depression. It's, it's the sad moment. Mm. <sighs> so there's so much, so much. Are we going to go with like people struggling? Are we going to go with anti-vaxxers? It's like we're at a, a three-way junction. What, what would you like to start with? What would you like to amuse Boosh with? I would like to amuse Boosh with the the fake letters that people have been being sent because I find them very amusing. I wonder if I can find any in particular. The ones where they I are... I like how long they are. It's yeah, like, it's like, madame... <laughs> Why so, are you writing an essay? So these angry, very angry anti-vax letters that people have been posting, including Owen Feeney. Um, this one was from the enforcement team, which I find. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm quivering, I'm quaking. Um, yeah, so Dr. Owen Feeney of the ID department at St Vincent's University Hospital, big up. You must be doing a lot of work. He received a letter um, which started with, further to the letter you received last week regarding your moral duty, which I think is a... I respect the hustle. That is a profound (laughs) start. Um, And the enforcement team um, are using a lot of big words um, and one of them being... Referencing in, references include the Hippocratic Oath and the Nuremberg Code, which I'm sure they've read both in great, great detail. And which all obviously we do stand up. You'll you'll have to do this soon when you graduate. You do have to stand up and have memorised it off the top of you know from the top of your head. Mm, yeah, you do. Oh. In Greek, Can I get it as tattooed. Hell. I got a short. I got a really bad memory. Okay. You have to do it in ancient Greek. It's not too long, is it? It'll fit on my forearm. Yeah, definitely in tiny, okay, I'll tiny. Just, I'll hold that in front of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> what I should say is maybe if each of you take one of the oath bits, then you could have a one in each line, and then you take it in turns to each of each other's arms. Solid. But yeah. Solid. Excellent. So, so these people who really. Do I mean, fair play, I feel bad for the people that live in such fear that they have taken the time to go out of their way to type up this letter, to format it as well. They've got this bullet points in there. They've got they've they've set it out as a formal letter. You like respect. They were paying attention in like, you know, primary school English class where they taught you how to set up a lesson, a letter. Um, but having having so much fear and so much anger and so much paranoia that they feel like they need to make these points and accuse us of being you know immoral of you know invoking the Nuremberg Code which as we invoke away babes okay go for it hun please um (laughs) you know let's let's definitely call on call on the Holocaust to to justify. But for me, it's the amount of conspiracies packed into one place. We've got like you know suggestions of big big government. Big and as someone who thinks big farmer is fundamentally despicable and the hoarding of of money specifically related to healthcare is an irresponsible and immoral immoral thing. I'm still not like big farmers out to kill us. They're not. They're not trying to kill us actively. That's very inefficient to kill your target no, population. No, they just want to make money. They just want to make money. They don't care if you die yeah. or live. 
don't don't <laughs> think so highly of yourself that you think that someone would have the time to come up with that bigger conspiracy that they're trying to kill you is what I would say yeah. I think we're all very meaningless pawns in the grand scheme of Big Pharma and the you know yeah. people <laughs> are far dumber than you think and also things are much more accidental than you think as a kind mm. of collective like collectively people aren't and I included myself in this collective. <laughs> like, we're not that smart. Mm-mm. But for me, it was the, um, okay, like, you know, the Nuremberg Code holds you in a beautiful red bold, personally mm. responsible for your actions. Fine. But what I don't understand is these same people, when they get sick and their, you know, homemade recipes, their poultices, their healing crystals, their ivermectin doesn't work they go to the hospital. So why am I now, I'm not trying to kill you, but like, you know, before you tried all your higgity haggida, you know, calabash water and stuff, I was. <laughs> we actively do things which we know are harmful, but the overall benefit is positive. We explain the risks. That's part of what going to med school is to understand the risks and to appropriately explain it to the layperson slash like individual patient in front of you. The, the blooming tetanus jabs we give, and we give them out willy-nilly, they have bigger risks. The contraceptive pill has a huge side effect profile. Antibiotics, like there are so many things we give out all the time, all the time, that we know have the potential to do harm, yet the benefit exceeds the harm. We tell patients about the benefit, we tell people, patients about the risks and the harm, and it's fine. And they will take that. If you say to this person, you have a viral infection, here's some antibiotics, they will take them. Mm-hmm. Knowing that antibiotics don't treat viral infections. Like it's fairly to the kind of average well-read person, they will have a clue that antibiotics do not work for viral infections. But still to each patient, we explain, I'm really sorry you feel like that. Antibiotics are not gonna make you feel better right now. We might give you antibiotics for a different reason to help you get better. They will take it, they will take the pain relief, they'll take the antibiotics, they'll take an IV of saline because it's like, ooh, it's magic because it's going straight into my veins. But it's just so frustrating because it's like, why are you pick and choosing? Like, it doesn't make sense what you're picking and choosing as well because you're actively picking things that have worse safety profiles. Like, fine, let's say the the vaccine does cause myocarditis. Let's say it does. What about full-blown COVID then? Yeah, I've seen a whole lot of that. That's not harmless. That doesn't have it. And that won't compensate you for any injury. That does not give a monkeys whether you breathe or not. It will infect your lungs and that's it. Mm. And I, I, I do think what is the the most frustrating but then also i think it makes us the bigger person is that these people will shout at us they will claim that we are committing war crimes and tell us that we are you know breaking ethical codes but when they come in and they are gasping for breath we will not treat them any differently and you will you know you you I'm not going to turn around and go, oh, sorry, you did threaten to report me to, you know, the human rights court. <laughs> to, okay. to the human rights court. Like, mm, no, I don't because cause you just get on with it. And I think that's the... I'm, I'm really bad at taking the moral high ground and I am really... I don't... I struggle to take pleasure in being the bigger person, but I think that is the only way you win is by being the bigger person and not, yeah. you know... 
And nah, I enjoy being petty. I am motivated yeah. by spite. I don't oh. care, but I get no satisfaction. Like it makes, it, it is very emptying. It is very hollowing. It's very, it's harrowing to see stories of people who were, mm. you know, rabidly anti-vax and hear that they're in ICUs and to mm. hear that they passed away. Like it, it's ashes in my mouth and I, mm. I, I don't want I don't want that like I I don't gain anything from this let me no. be spiteful in a way I can enjoy <laughs> let me laugh at you having a crap haircut or falling over or yeah. something that doesn't have yeah, long-term something... implications for you and your livelihood and the and the well-being of your family as well as your own like it's horrible and it's a really horrible time to to be a doctor I think and yeah to be looking after these people when they are really demanding that we don't is quite difficult. No. And I think that yeah. we will reflect on that in the future. Because I think that if we think about it too much now, you get angry and want to scream into the void, or at least that's what I personally feel. Um, but some people are doing good work, God's work. I don't know, are they interchangeable? Probably to them. Um, no, actually, this is Jamie Sherrington. I low-key love this guy. Like, he has the funniest timeline. Like, it's just, it's so happy. It's like, like him and, I call him, I call this guy Uncle Chinedi. Uh, Chinedi was not my <laughs> uncle. But like, I consider Chinedi my big uncle. Like, he's just so positive. Both of them, they're just so happy, so lovely. Yeah. And he is a GP in the Southwest. And he's been doing boatloads, like many GPs, boatloads of vaccination clinics. So in the darkness that is COVID, there is like some joy, like GPs are doing phenomenal things and have mm -hmm. done phenomenal things. Like the vast majority of Britain is populated. People are queuing like four or five hour queues mm -hmm. to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So you can't see it, but chapeau. That is, and that is, so that was, that was Jamie obviously saying how, you know, was he going to be doing a normal clinic or was he going to be vaccinating the entirety of Cornwall? Because <laughs> Bojo announced, without telling any of us, that we were going to vaccinate a million people a day because that was going to totes happen. Um, Bojo is the chaotic, sorry, is the chaotic <laughs> uncle that rocks up drunk to dinner and says, we're going to Disneyland. <laughs> and like, your parents just look at each other like, what? And, and he's uh, actually me, bought um, the tickets. Like, <laughs> He's, he's fully taking you. He has every intention of that happening. He has no idea of how it will get. But you know, you, you don't yeah. have a passport. You like you're not there. You don't have any method of transport. But he has he has all the intentions without any of the plans. Yeah. And yeah, I think and I think what you say about the queues going around the block and you know the the massive queues even online just to book a a COVID test to, or a COVID back booster. I think are actually very. I have to find it heartening, otherwise my stone-cold heart will literally freeze to death. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it is. It's. it makes me happy that amongst all the people writing, you know, the fraction of the people who are accusing us of, of you know, human rights violations, the majority of people are gagging to get boosted and really, yeah. you know, wanting to get involved and get on board with the plan, even if the plan is bonkers trying to get involved in the plan and i think that's all we the, can hope yeah the for. silent majority are doing what needs to be done they are mostly but like largely wearing their masks they've been vaccinated they're getting boosts they are kind of cancelling christmas mm. with family and they are spending time alone and doing the hard but right thing to do mm -hmm. um the problem is 
the vocal minority are being obstinate dum-dums. Yeah. So yeah. it's, but yeah. And I think that that kind of brings us on to Phil Lee. Obviously, we can't have a podcast episode without referencing HRH, Dr. Philip Lee. Um, who... GC. Don't forget that, George Cross. Do not forget it. Referencing really tragically the... The, his tweet saying is there anything sadder than someone saying to you behind an oxygen mask but I don't understand mm. we've been ever so careful I mean that's gut wrenching and unfortunately for every anti-vaxxer that is taking up an ICU bed there are still people that have done their best and yeah being vaccinated and you know got in the queue and got their vaccinations and self-isolated and washed their hands and done their whatever what all those gimmicks were that the Tories came up with the face, face, grace. So there was the face, face, grace, but also there was a huge population that basically became like anti-social hermits. I, so like I have friends that like, one of them didn't, two of them didn't, one of them didn't leave their house for 69 days. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 69 days <laughs> did not leave their house. Mm. And the other one, sorry, even in the, like, oh. a really, <laughs> I am a child. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so yeah, one didn't leave their house for 69 days. And the other one close to, it was two solid months. They did not leave their house because they were high risk. And these aren't like, we think of like people with, Co, um, with comorbidities as like, you know, the elderly. No, these are both young people in their 20s mm-hmm. and they had to kind of turn their life off for a period of time they're never going to get back. Mm-hmm. And there were lots and lots and lots of people, like to the probably to the, if you were to kind of count it, millions, millions of people who just kind of shuttered away and some of them were elderly, some of them weren't elderly, but irrespective, like they still the damage that that kind of, that shuttering has done mm-hmm. is going to stay with us for a long time. And we still lost some of these people and it's, it literally was not their fault. They did everything we could. And we, and this is why I say people collectively are stupid because we as a society could not protect them. Mm-hmm. Whether that's through our government or through our own collective societal actions, we could not protect them. And that makes me sad. Mm. I feel like we need to stop doing COVID crying. I think we've we've yeah, I think we've really I think we've sad. done enough. I think that we probably should wrap it up. So I think we should probably end with a little bit more vitriol aimed at a the at a masses. Yes, I've got a nice one though. So yeah? you can do an angry one and I wanna do a nice one that's you super do. cute. Okay, let's end on super cute. Let's let let's finish with and this is actually mainly because for your benefit, let's talk about the SJT. <laughs> let's give us let's go let's get let's shout out to the future of medicine you guys are getting screwed over you have had a nightmare medical school realistically the last two years of your medical school education has been crap and what do they do they turn the money what the for profit now money making random number generator that is the situational judgment test which took it began when i was at it as a fun her huh, isn't this quaint we have to do this for an hour and a half and somehow someone tries to believe that it will really determine what kind of person we are and whether we need we will be a good doctor or not and has now descended into farce basically 
Um, I mean, this is a Christmas you, pantomime, except mm, it's my life. Yeah. So I think you you explain your experience because I think I'm a I'm just a watcher. I'm a I'm a bystander. You're me. Tall, five nine, black, beautiful, strolling through the streets of a rural city to their SJT on a beautiful Wednesday morning. You come back or log into the twitter.com and see that the exam papers that you were revising were incomplete and there were more exam paper answers with rationale for the new part of the exam they added recently that didn't have any rationale behind it. So there's there were originally two parts to the SJT. There was a ranking section, which was the newest part. And then you had to like um, order and like say what you kind of do next. And then they added a new third part that was, you have to say whether the statement is a very appropriate, appropriate, somewhat inappropriate or inappropriate. Whoever put that many P's in appropriate, Mm. Go speak to your mother. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, no, sorry, sorry. We've missed the chance to say, get in the sea. Get in the sea. Get in the sea. Get but in no, the sea. Um, the, the fury and the frustration comes as there are two weeks to sit the SJT. And um, the, we were like three quarters through the first week. So the vast majority of medical students have sat the SJT. You know, the thing that determines the vast majority of your school and where you're going to be for the next two years of your life just a small thing and to then see that there's more information there's more advice there's more resources on the official website is really frustrating because it's like this has already been shown to be unfit for purpose in terms of the um, socioeconomic bias the ethnic bias and a very slight gender bias you're then adding you're confounding it with incompetence (laughs) if this was an ssu you would fail Like if you submitted mm-hmm. this work, this project to a university, you would fail. You grown adult paid professional people. So we don't pay for the SJT, but this has happened again and again and again with exams. And it's even worse with the with the senior exams. So I say like, like the big, you know, the big smart girl exams, the big girl exams. Because mm-hmm. it's like you're paying cash money for these and they're getting, you know, oh, sorry, we gave you the wrong scores. Sorry, did you move across country with, oops, sorry. <laughs> Just a few more weeks till we release them. <laughs> oh, sorry, did you pay for that exam and you can't do it? L O L. Laugh out loud. Yeah. So, I mean, Sorry to be a massive pessimist, but this is the beginning of the rest of your career of being let down by people who are organising very important parts of your life. Hopefully things improve, but for your own sanity, don't expect it to. That's not an excuse and that's not, but that is mainly me giving you helpful advice so that you can manage your expectations is what I would say. But don't feel like you can't complain about it. That's not what I'm saying. Bitch away because it's totally unreasonable. But what I'm saying is don't expect anything different. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, to quote my favourite film, get used to disappointment. <laughs> mm. I could like, not agree more. That's just what's going to happen. So yeah, it's and it's upsetting for the students who, especially those who want to get into super competitive areas mm. or uh, me, I'm a big dum-dum. I'll just be happy to get a job. Like I, I've resigned myself to this. But it's heartbreaking if you've done the prep, you've done the reading, you've worked, you've used all the resources available mm-hmm. to you to then see that actually there were more resources that they failed to make available to you. You didn't not like, 
And like some people I think were able to find it if you like super dug, but I had like multiple tabs of their website up. I had multiple GMC. This was not linked to directly anywhere. I think there was a tweet mm-hmm. about it in October. Yeah, that's two it's months not, ago. Like that's a long. Not I'm not enough. trawling back through multiple tweets to make sure I haven't missed anything. No, because how far back do I go? So yeah, no. it's, it's frustrating, and you're right. Yeah, it's setting us up for the rest of our careers. Yeah, but I mean, guys, don't feel like you can't be angry. That's at all. Like, be disappointed, be annoyed. They should be doing better. Hopefully, they will actually vaguely take accountability for it um one thing before we move on to your to the final thing that you want to bring up share it to and i cannot remember for the life of me so if you if you recognize yourself from what i'm about the story to tell please tell please share out or tag yourself or whatever that poor person that went to the pearson view test center google maps took her to the wrong test center child my chest hurt for you <laughs> I, f- I felt like I saw Jesus, it. Jesus, take the wheel. I winced. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about the years of your life that you lost to the stress <laughs> of getting yourself... The grey hairs you gained. To, to, to the <laughs> respect. You got yourself to that exam and you took it anyway. Like, respect. I'd have just given up. I'd have accepted that. I, I'd have accepted death. I'd accepted death is what I'd have done. <laughs> I got to that exam 20 minutes early. People who know me know that I am not, I was late to, I'm late to everything. I was late to be born. I was late to my own wedding. I would be late to my funeral. I am late to everything. I am late to graduate. I was 20 minutes early. I was like, nah, I'm not. I took Mm -mm. two forms of ID. I was like, I'm ready. (laughs) I heard all the horror stories. I was like, I'm ready. (laughs) My, my, My chest hurt because that's the kind of thing that you think, imagine if that happened and it happened to someone. So I'd be her, sick. I'd be sick on the spot. I, I felt ill. I felt ill. I read that tweet. I showed it to people. I showed it. I'm pretty sure I showed it to my non-medic boyfriend was like, look at this. And if I haven't, I'll go show him later because he needs to. I feel like everyone should share that anxiety. Everyone should breathe it in and just say, I was there for you. We've been that person. Yeah. We've had that anxiety, but you lived it. And I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> on behalf oh, of... Cool. Mm. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. Thoughts and prayers, hon. Oh. Thoughts and prayers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> do you think finally, they're going to let us back on the pod? <laughs> absolutely not. We're going to have an 18-hour episode from us. <laughs> it's like three hours later. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent reference. Oh. Are we going to Are we going to round off with a happy one? Yeah, round off with happy? that. No, no. End happy, hun. End happy. Okay. So this was just so bloomin' cute. This was so adorable. Like, if I... Like, I want to steal this idea, but it would be unoriginal, but I'll still see it, steal it because it's just so adorable. So Kelsey Wentz, who published a paper on... I don't know, it has some chemical symbols on it. She seems really smart. But her husband made her first publication into a framed Christmas ornament. It's in a little silver frame. The full paper's there. And it's got, like, first publication. Like, you know, like, baby's first steps. Baby's first two. It's like... It's so cute. He's so proud of her. She's so smart. I love it. It it does. It feels it. Initially, I rolled my eyes at it. And then I looked at it and I was like, that is a man that loves his wife. That is. That's adorable. And also, where'd you get that made? It's so cute. It's so dinky. 
It's so adorable. And what I love is that it's not like I love her because she provided me. And it's not bad to love your wife because they gave you children, but it's not because, oh, she gave me children. It's like, so no, she's hella smart. Because she's real smart. Mm. <sighs> Mm, oh, I love it. Respect, so your lo- respect your other half. Love them for being big old geeks. Celebrate them. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. And also, yeah, celebrate your successes in unusual manners. Don't just do a celebratory, like, I mean, like me. Just, <laughs> <laughs> do, do an entirely cheesy look. I finished my dissertation, which I was 100% guilty of, but no one was going to take that away from me. But do yeah, something interesting. Yeah. Have that permanent little cute. And it is cute. I don't think I've ever thought about a paper, a scientific paper, as being cute, but it is. It's hella cute. It is. It's really cute and it's all dinking. You can see the little, um, what's it? What were those little hexagons called from chemistry? The the carbon ring. You can the see, benzene? Yeah, the benzene rings. You can see the little benzene rings. It's so cute. So, yeah. It's so sweet. It is sweet. Yeah. Heartwarming. I like the word, yeah, ending on a high. The world on is on high. fire. Mm, but, you that's know, right. we can still stay positive. These angry black women found a way <laughs> to... <laughs> To keep it positive. I literally blushed. <laughs> You're like angry black women. I was like, <laughs> what to me? <laughs> no. I love it. This was so much fun. It was but it was I was scared initially, but I think that we haven't set anything on fire. We may have been cancelled, but who knows? We did it enjoying ourselves and what more can what more can one yeah. ask for? I like to think from the very start we just lowered the lowered the tone, mm. lowered the standards. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like yeah. It, we were know, an accessible episode. That'll do. <laughs> You're accessible. <laughs> yeah, we're showing that the two medics allow people of all sorts of cognitive <laughs> ability on their shows. Because look at look at look us. us. <laughs> we're turning up. Nah, this was so much fun. Thank you for being. A legend, amazing, stunning. Thank you for gorgeous, holding my hand. So smart. To it. Oh, stop, 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 you beautiful <laughs> ebony angel. Oh. Am I like a, a cup of steaming hot chocolates, <laughs> pine, and. <laughs> you, whatever you want to be, babe. Pine, pine. Mm. <laughs> Please cut that out. <laughs> Don't cut that out. <laughs> Please also do a best bits with us just going, please cut that out. Please cut that out. You can put like a tally of like, they asked me to cut this like eight times or however many times it was. (laughs) Yeah, please. A a director's cut, a Zack Snyder edit, please. Oh God. So so yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you Imran and Tarisha for having us, for letting us take the reins of your baby. Um, yeah. hopefully you have enjoyed you the listener if there are any have enjoyed the ramblings of us I'm grateful that we got to spend this time with you and you spent these minutes of your life with us I and I apologise if you didn't appreciate it <laughs> I don't <laughs> <laughs> no surrender no apologies <laughs> Oh, right. On that note, (laughs) jinx. (laughs) Fairly well. Thank you very much and have a lovely rest of the week on Twitter. Bye bye. Bye. And 
You've been listening to Two Medics and One Mic. Thank you for listening. 